More and more Canadians are living paycheck to paycheck. That's our topic today on the Debt Matters Podcast, where we help Canadians find solutions to their debt with licensed insolvency trustees from across Canada. I'm Wayne Kay, and we're going to be talking about this paycheck to paycheck cycle that so many Canadians are in. You know, what can you do about it? Is there a way to maybe save some money, even though there may not be enough paycheck to go around? To help us with this, my guest today is Mark Marshall with Alan Marshall and Associates, licensed insolvency trustees from New Brunswick. They've got offices in St. John and Moncton. Hi there, Mark. Hi, how you doing, Wayne? Doing great. How are you doing? I'm good. Can't complain. Good. Well, we're one of the lucky ones then because it seems that uh, right across the country, this is going to be our big topic today is paycheck to paycheck is a dream for some people. Yeah, seems to be. And it's uh, unfortunate, but yeah, it's it's um, it seems to be a, a little bit more of the norm Um lately than it has been ever really yeah i know it's been wild now so you you look at uh, some of the research what do you think is going on why canadians are having such a tough time uh i i think that you know i mean obviously everybody's feeling the the pinch with, with an inflation um you know so the, the 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 price of borrowing money is up uh the price of goods are up everything seems to be just a little bit more expensive and um you know it used to be um, you know, things like, uh, you know, travel or entertainment were, were luxuries and people would save up and, and spend some money on that. Those are very expensive. And, but now everything from food to housing to, uh, gasoline, I mean, all those things seem to be, um, high as well. So, I mean, dealing with, um, you know, your, your day-to-day fixed costs, the expenses that you have to incur, um, are, are higher than ever. Mm-hmm. And young people starting out, it's got to be dreadful for them. I mean, trying to find uh, rentals in our country is, uh, is so hard and so expensive. I just shake my head when I'm seeing what the price of people people's rents are these days. Yeah, rents rents are kind of getting to that point where it's, um, you know, it's, it's, it's almost becoming, you know, out of reach for people, which is, it's just mind blowing. But I mean, it, it, all that stuff, it's, it's, it's supply and demand, mm-hmm. you know, and, and uh, there seems to be more demand than ever for housing. And so that of course allows, you know, the people that are in charge to then kind of charge what the market, you know, is demanding. And so it can, it, it makes things difficult for, for the average person or the average Canadian. I mean, and again, you know, you're looking at, um, you know, <laughs> you know, rents or, or even, you know, trying to be a first time home buyer in this country is, is starting to be kind of the, you know, kind of unattainable mm-hmm. and it, it's a little, little scary. Right. And, and New, New Brunswick, is, is it okay for uh, housing there or is it really jumped? Yeah. The price of housing has jumped. Like COVID drove the, 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 the market. Um, there was a lo- lot of people from, you know, some of the bigger centers in, in Canada, like in, in, you know, in Ontario that, you know, made their way to the East coast and, and they made their way one for the space and, and, you know, two, because of the, uh, the, the price of the market. I mean, obviously things were a little bit more affordable than they would be in downtown Toronto, but of course it's, it's, um, had a bit of a cascading effect because it's, mm-hmm. it, you know, with supply and demand, there's, there's less supply and there's more demand. And so the prices are up. And, um, so we're, we're feeling the same as, as you guys would be in the West coast is that, you know, the average rental unit in New Brunswick probably pre COVID would have been for a single apartment in the range of 
850 to 900 and now it's pushing probably closer to $1,400 a month. Wow. Yeah. Big, big, that's big difference in a lot of people's paychecks. So do you have some kind of tips for us on how to eliminate this or help with this paycheck to paycheck cycle? Yeah. Well, I mean, the, the, the key, the first key is just is, and, and I know that I've said this on your program before, but it's just, you got to just track and know what you're doing with your money. And that's the first thing. So you track and then, you know, based on your tracking efforts, you can see whether or not you're wasting money. And and then what you try to do is then eliminate the waste. And so the waste can come in the form of eating out too much, which would then mean you want to start to look at bagging a lunch, or it could mean that you go for coffee two or three times a day that you might want to look at going to coffee once or looking at bringing your own coffee from home if you can. Carpooling is an option for people. If if you know if you're in if the price of gas is getting out of this this world, carpooling is a possibility. It, it may not be a possibility, but if if it's something that you can explore with a coworker or someone that lives in your vicinity that you're traveling to the same place, you kind of maintain the same schedule. Is if you can share that cost, that would be the way to go. And uh, some people, I mean, this would not necessarily be easy for families, but some people, if they're living kind of a single working lifestyle is, you know, does it make sense to, to share the housing expenses with somebody and, and, and partner up and maybe find a roommate to kind of help with the, the utility costs and maybe split the rent? And, um, you know, so those types of things um, will help you, uh, you know, overall in terms of trying to stretch the dollar a little bit further. But um, and then the other thing you could look at is if maybe if you are a homeowner, like if you're if you're in your retirement years or you're kind of near the end of your career, your family's gone. If you've got a big house, you know, just selling that house and down sizing is that something that you know that you can do that's going to save some money on a month-to-month basis whether it's for property taxes or the heating costs or you know reducing the mortgage payment and getting yourself into something that's a little bit more affordable if you can downsize if that's a possibility that's that's another kind of option you can look at to see whether or not that would help you on a on a month-to-month basis i know a few people have actually done that where they've they're renting right now. They sold their house because they figured it was, uh, you know, perfect time to sell, and they're going to rent for a little while and wait for things to hopefully calm down, which I think they will. They will, yeah, I think they will too. It's, but again, that is the thing is like if you, you if you're getting out of the market, you potentially have to get back into the market. So it's. Yeah. You know, is it the devil you know or the devil you don't, right? And, and that's that. Sometimes that that's that you got to take those things into consideration because you, you might make good money on your on selling your home, but then all of a sudden you need to take that good money and you're no further ahead, and you got to buy something that's going to be smaller, but it's going to cost you the same amount. Right, exactly. It's funny though. Um, I've got a friend who's looking at moving over, and uh, it's a lot more expensive living here than where he lives. And he's got a family, but he is somebody who's used to being a landlord and he won't even look at a place that doesn't have something that he can rent in it, like a a basement suite. So he's just got that mindset. So, and a lot of us don't have that mindset. I I don't think of sharing my house or renting the basement out, but that is something many of us might have to start doing. It could be, yeah. Because I mean, again, it's it's if if the demand is out there, it's a way that you can supplement your income a bit, right? Yeah. I mean, you 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 can, I mean, one, you're you're going to be giving up some of your your space, but I mean, turn turn some of that extra space you have into a little bit of cash cash flow on a month to month basis. It's not a it's not a bad maneuver, right? Okay. What about uh, maybe discussing wage increases with employers? We're seeing a lot of strikes that are going on in our country these days. And if you don't have a union, you know, do you reach out to the employer? Is that a good thing to do? 
Yeah, I don't think it's a bad thing to do. It's it's the way the market's been, and you, you'll find that everybody is is most employers are are short staffed or they're looking for somebody, and so I think some of the bigger organizations are, are you know, they're, they're seeing a bit of turnover, like, mm-hmm. you know, the post COVID there's been turnover. And because one is that people are receiving offers to make a few more dollars somewhere else. And, um, you know, that they're, they're recognizing that there might be a little bit of a demand for their, f- you know, for their services or what they can provide to an organization. So it's never a bad thing. I don't think because one, you want to know what your value is or what your market would demand, but it's, it's never, a. a I don't think you can go wrong with having that conversation to see whether or not, um, especially if you've been with the organization and you you think or you recognize you provide some value to it, is it it may not hurt to have that discussion about um, you know a wage increase as a possibility you know to keep you there. But you're again you're going to want to know the market. You're going to want to have some some options available to you so that if the answer is no, is that one you either live with that answer or two you look for you know, an alternative employment or alternative income source. And it's, 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 um, you're, I mean, again, you're going to want to know, you want to know your value before you make that, that request. But I don't think what's the worst that can happen is, is the employer is going to say no. But if you, if you, if you're forthright and explain, look here, my big day-to-day costs are going up. I can't afford to continue to work here at this salary. You know, my housing expenses are going up. The costs of getting the work are going up. Um, You know, it's, it's not an, it's not, I guess it's not something that's out of the realm of having that discussion with your employer, especially if you have a good relationship with them and, and you can provide some value. Right. And it's funny because I'm kind of, uh, I'm old school. You know, I mean, I've had a, you know, same job for work for the same company for 23 years. And, and before that, you know, I'm very loyal. It's just, that's kind of, maybe the, I call it old school, but it's funny. My son, he's now into his working career and he's being told, well, there's, you don't have to be loyal to a company because well, as soon as you find a job somewhere else, that company might offer you more money to stay or you go up. And he said, so things have really changed in that whole world for him is that he said, it's like, you keep moving to different jobs to increase your income. Yeah. Yeah. And I think we're seeing that more and more today than we did in the past. Uh, Cause you and I would be probably of the same era and it's you, you land a job and you find yourself working and you're working way up through and your expectation is that you're going to be, you know, you're going to be paid for what you provide and you're hopeful that your income will increase. And, and, but yeah, I think nowadays, um, especially the younger generation, um, they, they're they a little little quicker to kind of make the jump and explore mm-hmm. you know, more opportunities or different opportunities. And that's not necessarily a bad thing. And I think especially the people that are older are kind of locked into a job, um, sometimes they don't recognize is that they, they may demand a little bit more money in the marketplace. And, and so again, making that request or, you know, considering that, that that option with your current employer having that discussion I, I don't think it's a bad thing so saving money is always something that we talk about on this show to save money we want to put away money do you have some ideas or tips on how we can go about saving money when we're stuck in this horrible paycheck to paycheck life well it's it's not easy to do but what you got to do track 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 know what you're doing with, with your money um you know so you can try to eliminate the waste and then from there turn the waste into savings and doing things like trying to pay yourself first and it's the old expression of you know pay yourself first how do you do it well you want to set 
aside some money for yourself. And so every time you're paid, you might kind of consider saying, look, I'm going to take a hundred or $200 of this pay and I'm going to set it aside in, in either a savings account or a tax-free savings account uh, or into an RRSP, you know, an account or something that's not easy for you to access. I mean, the funds are there if you need them, but it's not something that, you know, you, you, you slide that hundred dollars, you're paying yourself first hundred or $200. And then you're saying, oh, okay, I want to spend that this weekend. And you're just going to go to that account, take the money. If you can kind of out of sight, out of mind, if you can put it off into a, in, into an account, that's going to require you, um, you know, to, to sign some papers or make an appointment or get into access those funds. Uh, it's not as easy to, to, to get, to get after. And the other thing that some people will do, and, and these are new programs you'll see with the banks, but is, is, any, any purchase you make is that a lot of the banks now will round that purchase up, you know, to the, to the next dollar and they'll take the change or whatever it is that's rounding that up and they'll take that money and they'll send it aside into another account. So it's like you're saving almost like pennies in the jar. And, you know, that that's another way or another tip that you can try and to, to, to kind of generate a bit of savings for yourself. But again, I know it's hard for people to consider saving money when they're finding that all the money's going out the door. And again, the number one way to find savings in your budget is track and know what you're doing and recognize if you're wasting money because a lot of people won't know that they're wasting money until they actually write it down and recognize that there is a bit of waste there and we all do it. We all waste a little bit of money. It's it's hard not to do it, but instead of getting to the end of the month and saying, I have no money left over, if you can track it, you can see where that waste might be and then try to turn that waste into a little bit of savings for yourself. It's amazing. That That is such great advice. And you have so many people that come in to see you. And that's probably one of your first questions. So have you been tracking? Uh, do you know where your money's going? And they probably almost always say, no, I have no idea. Most people don't. No, right. Most people don't track it. Yeah. And I've, I've watched a lot of the, uh, they just used to have a lot of financial shows on TV and I loved watching those. And, it, and that's what they would always say is, yeah, well, I have no idea. They would say, well, okay, I, I spent $3,000, but you only brought in $2,500. And it's like, I'm no math wizard, but you're going in the hole every month. Yeah. Yeah. And so you're going into that hole by subsidizing yourself by a credit card or a loan, or you're taking you know, you're, you're, you're taking it from another pot. Right. right. And, and so where you're getting that money from, but you know, it, it's hard to, it, unless you track and you know, um, you know, if you're going backwards, um, you know, it's, it's going to be difficult to save any money and it's not going to be long before if you are going backwards or spending more money every month than what you're making that um, you're going to find yourself, you know, to be, to be kind of insolvent to the point where you're unable to maintain the payments that you have. Right. Great information. Do you have any final thoughts you want to share with us? No, I mean, the only thing I'd say is if, if anyone's struggling, and I know people are struggling, but if you're struggling, is it, you know, consult a professional, you know, talk to a professional. You can talk to a licensed insolvency trustee, any licensed insolvency trustee across the country. I mean, preferably someone at our firm, if you need this to reach out, we have offices in British Columbia and Alberta and, and all over the Maritimes. But um, your first consultation with a licensed insolvency trustee should always be free. And if anything, you're just arming yourself with information. So if you're struggling, there's no there's no harm in gathering more information to see what options are available to you to, to kind of right the ship if you need to. Right on. Mark, always a pleasure. Thank you very much for being on the show. Okay, Wayne. Thank you very much. 
Well, once again, my guest today was Mark Marshall. You can learn more or schedule that free consultation with Alan Marshall and Associates, licensed insolvency trustees, by going to the website wecanhelp.ca. And that's it for today's Debt Matters podcast. Now make sure you subscribe wherever you get your favorite podcast from. And of course, for more information, you can always check out debtmatters.ca. Thanks for listening.